Welcome to the e-commerce podcast with Matt Edmondson, a show that brings you regular interviews, tips and tools for building your business online. Hello and welcome to the e-commerce podcast with me, your host, Matt Edmondson. All of this week's notes and links can be found at ecommercepodcast.net forward slash 84. And you're going to want to remember that link because this week we get to hear from David Mornio about why you should be using micro-influencer marketing and how to do it properly. So don't go anywhere. Hey there, are you a business owner? Here at Orion Digital, we know firsthand that running an e-commerce business can be really hard work. As the online space gets more competitive, it is becoming even more challenging to stay ahead of the curve. We totally get it. So we want to help you succeed by offering a wide range of services, from fulfillment, marketing, customer service, and even coaching and consulting, just so that you can do what matters most. Save yourself the time and the money and let us handle the day-to-day tasks. This way, you can run your business without having to worry about the boring stuff. So what do you say? Are we a good fit for each other? Come check us out at oriondigital.com and let us know what you think. Shout out to this week's show sponsor and thank you for joining us here on the e-commerce podcast. It's great that you are here. Now, whether you are just starting out or if you're like me, you've been around the world of e-commerce for a little while. My goal is simple. It's to help you grow your e-commerce and digital business. That's it. That's what we do. That's why this show exists. And to do that every week, I get to talk to amazing people from the world of e-commerce and ask them all kinds of questions about what they know and how it's going to help you and me develop online. I say that I try and have the conversation that you would get to have with them if you sat down and had a cup of coffee with them in your local coffee shop. We dig into their story, we learn the principles that can help us start, adapt and grow online. And so today I get to talk to David about why you should be using micro-influencer marketing and how to do it properly. Now, David, let me tell you a bit about this guy. He's such a cool guy. He's a creative strategist. He is uh, an entrepreneur. He is an agency owner who believes in the power of collaboration. He loves to help brands leverage collaborations with micro-influencers specifically as he knows that people trust user-generated content or UGC for those in the know uh, and how they outperform studio quality ads, right? Uh, He works with leading national and international brands such as New Balance and Nissan or Nissan if you're on the other side of the Atlantic uh, to attract new audiences across North America. America and Europe. So he is known, David is known for his unusual strategies, which we're going to get into when it comes to influencer marketing. But what people don't know about David is that he has scaled his companies to seven figures and helped numerous other brands do the same. He is based in Montreal, Canada. Cue cheering and applause. Yes, the reason I have to do that is because uh, Sadaf, who is producing the show, is from Canada. And so she put in the notes here, I have to do the cheering and applause sign. So once more again for 
All those from Canada. Yes, there we go. Uh, so David is from Montreal, Canada, and he's currently dividing his time uh, as co-founder of InBeat Agency and also founder and CEO at Breeze.co. Great intro. I'm looking forward to this one. Don't know about you. So let's get straight into it. Here's my chat with David. So, David, thank you for joining us on the e-commerce podcast. Great to have you with us. Whereabouts are you dialing in from? I'm calling in from Montreal, Quebec, Canada. Uh, that's the French-speaking part of Canada, uh, for those of you that don't know. But, yeah, that's about where I'm at. <laughs> you don't sound like you've got a particularly strong French accent. Do you, do you, do you do... speak the old Francais? Yeah, I do. I do. I do. Uh, je parle français, but uh, I lived in the United States when I was a kid, so that's why there isn't the uh, typical right. Quebecer accent that you might find. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's one of the places that I've yet to visit, actually, and I'm I'm looking forward to getting over there. Uh, and um, it, I always remember growing up in the sort of the '80s and the '90s. I don't know if you remember this, but if you needed an actor to play anything from sort of French-speaking Quebec, they got Jean Claude Van Damme to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was the that was the go-to, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Casting of one, casting of one, <laughs> <laughs> which is just brilliant. Absolutely. Stereotype, yeah. it's just stereotype. <laughs> uh, so uh, Montreal, and um, at the time of recording, it's winter time here uh, in the UK. You guys must get some serious winter over there. Yeah, it's getting pretty cold now. We're not too bad yet to have some real snow, but. It's on the way. We're in the minuses now, slow every day, and it's getting colder and colder. And it does get really cold in the deep of winter, but yeah, it makes summer all that brighter. <laughs> this is a good way to look at it. I just think winter's <laughs> cold. Uh, and <laughs> so we're talking about micro influencer marketing, right? And how to do it properly. Um, obviously, you're the, we said in the intro, you're the co founder. Um, of InBeat Agency. This is your bag, right? This is your your beef. This is what you've been doing. Um, how long have you been been doing the, or been involved with in what we now know as influencer marketing? Yeah, we haven't been in the game for that long. We've been there for like three years, so that can be long or short, depending how you see it. But yeah, we've specialized quite heavily into that field. Uh, so that's three years of deep expertise, more specifically on the micro influencer side. So these micro creators that are on these platforms rising to the top. Yeah. Now that you mentioned micro creators and this is, um, this is one of the things that uh, we, I remember when we did our, cause we always have calls beforehand, like what we're going to talk about in the podcast. And this came up and I'm like, this is such a fascinating topic because it used to be influencer marketing. I remember it, you know, the last few years, influencer, influencer, but now the last few months, everyone's been talking about this micro influencer. Um, idea. What is it? Um, when you say micro influencer, what do you mean exactly? So we, I mean, yeah, we play around with this definition a lot, right? Internally, we typically see it as ten thousand to twenty-five thousand followers on Instagram. We push that up to a hundred thousand to two hundred fifty thousand followers on TikTok, on YouTube. We look at it from a ten thousand to hundred thousand subscribers. Again, these are soft barriers and can mm. vary quite heavily. One of the most uh, important features is that they you don't have to deal with the agent per se. You're dealing with the creator themselves, and that's really the distinctive feature we look for. Having said that, you know a lot of influencers in that 100k to 500k range might not have an agent or whatnot. So it's it's a loose definition. It's not clear, and mm -hmm. people are qualifying the smaller influencers, let's say 1k to 
10K on, on Instagram is nano influencers. Terminology is all over the place. Um, it just, it's just a hard kind of term to get. But essentially, that's, that's about how we qualify it. And yeah. Mm-hmm. That's good to know because you're right. I've heard people use different phrases and they mean very different things. Uh, so I think I'm, I'm at about 13,000 followers or something like that on Instagram. So there I'd be deemed as a micro influencer. You sure would. We'll get but, you. We'll get you in our network. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm really cheap. Um, <laughs> so I would be classed as a micro influencer on, say, um, Instagram, but say YouTube, where we've not got such a big following. We're, we've not really promoted our YouTube channel, um, so we would be under the ten thousand uh, subscriber mark. So that would be a nano. You, you call them nano influencer. Yeah. And then in this case, you know, you're a B2B. So we kind of changed the definition because all of a sudden, right, the audience is more targeted. Like mm-hmm. You don't have con- the people that listen to your podcast are very targeted, right? They're not, you know, they care about business and they care about marketing and so forth, right? They're not just listening to it for entertainment. Well, arguably they are, right? But you get <laughs> I don't what know, I'm we're saying. Really funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, you know, in that sense is... Uh, uh, yeah, they, they, we would definitely lower the follower for B2B. And it, it's the mm. same thing when we, we I remember we worked with a, a business that was looking to target service, um, service business operators and, you know, like dishwash, uh, appliance repair types of businesses and all these small business types. And we were going after channels that were talking about how to set up your accounting if you're a small bit. And then a lot of these channels had very low follower count, but the following is very targeted. So in a sense, when you go to B2B, just scrap the, the entire definition that I told you earlier and um, change the figures to the lower end because mm-hmm. the audience is much more targeted. That's really interesting. So I, I guess when we're talking about micro-influencers and you're talking actually, you as the brand are dealing direct with the, 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 the person. You're not dealing with an agency. You're dealing direct with the influencer of sort. Um, And the idea being that you're going to create, I guess, some kind of partnership where they promote your brand, your product, your service, and they get some kind of reward from that partnership. Is that, is that in a loose sense, what we're trying to do? That's exactly what we're trying to do. Um, We're, we're, we set up a collaboration structure. So, you know, we can define it as like, okay, we want, we want five, we want five posts and then, you know, we want two stories or we want one post, we want one story or we, anyway, we, we scope out kind of the content timeline. We, we define the USPs that we want to put forward, the content types, like, do we want uh, testimonials? Do we want product features? Do we want still images? Do we want videos of whatnot, right? We just define what we want. That's going to be on a case by case basis with the client. And then we reach out to influencers that we have worked with in the past or that we haven't worked with in the past, but that we would be interested in working with. And we negotiate from there onwards. So how does... I mean, you, you you sort of mentioned there about reaching out. You want five posts in a story or whatever, but I'm I, I I'm sitting here. I'm listening to the podcast. I've got an e-commerce business, and I sell. Um, what can I sell on my desk? I've got some so vegetology. There you go. I've got vegetology. There you go. There. Um, so I've got this brand. Um, we sell vegan uh, certified, vegetarian certified. Uh, multivitamins and so on and so forth, right? So that's my product. As uh, and I'm sitting here as a brand, going, um, I guess the first question is, should I, as a say a small brand, 
think about using micro influencers as a strategy for outreach? Yeah, so here's how I would think about micro influencer in your case, right? You're a small brand, you're starting out, whatnot. Change the definition, go from 1,000 to 25,000 followers, go, go, you know, extend that range, just start from there. Um, you're going to be looking for collaborations on the cheaper side. So that's probably where we're going to start. Look in your follower count. So, you know, what are the followers you have that might um, be interested in your brand already that are kind of already uh, interacting with you on social media or bought your product uh, in your Shopify store and so forth? And then start from there. Build a seed list of influencers that you can potentially work with. Couple of things that I'm gonna, you know, be super upfront about is what you're looking for is good quality content, and um, you know, an an influencer that has your uh, that has your target customer as their audience. That's really important. And then after that, ease of communication. It, it's it's it comes off as a kind of irrelevant at this point before you start off, but influencers are can be a hard. A case to crack and they can be annoying to work with they can ghost you they can reappear and so forth so ease of communication is definitely going to be one of those things if if ramping up to the collaboration you have delays of four or five days between each email i'd consider just dropping that collaboration so that's what i'd be looking for if i was you know a smaller brand and i'd try to kind of like match it to like okay well who are the people that are buying this are they mothers post-pregnancy like what are who are they athletes are they kind of fitness people who who's buying this right who's buying these multivitamins and then reverse engineer from that so who are these people following and that's how i'd go at it but yeah it's, uh... So you mentioned there that um, obviously you're, you're looking for good quality content um, and you mentioned about you're looking for, I, I need to look as the brand for a, somebody that has got like my target customer as their audience, right? Yeah. And that makes Correct. a lot of sense to me. I guess my, my first question to you, sir, is how do I know if their audience is my target customer? Is there a way I can understand that? Yeah, good question. You can ask them to straight up send you a screenshot of their audience metrics. It's going to give you age, demographics, and but it's not going to give you exactly interest, but that's okay, right? With age, gender, and uh, location, you're able mm-hmm. to identify them as your potential target audience. So you have you have uh, you have you know, um, let's say you're targeting a female-based audience, potentially a fitness female model might not be the target audience you're looking for because she's probably going to have a very a, a, an audience that's skewed on the male side. So just these things you have to be careful about when you're choosing who you're going to be targeting and so forth. So that then, I guess, just could, like comes down to your third point where you said communication. I just put here, communication is complex. Uh, so when you're talking about communication, <laughs> yeah. um, you're, you're going to, this is where you'll find out quite quickly the communication with somebody who potentially could be a, an, an influencer for you. They're going to give you that data. They're going to talk to you about who their audience is and what kind of engagement yeah. they get, right? Yeah. And I wouldn't trust their media kit. I would trust straight up because sometimes they'll have a media kit. Just ask straight up for the audience metrics directly mm-hmm. from screenshot on their Instagram. That that doesn't lie. That's as reliable as it can be, although it's debatable. But yeah. that's a whole other subject. So if I'm if I'm just starting out and I do this and I go and I look down who's following me on Instagram, for example, and I pick out half a dozen people who I think these could be interesting people to work with. They're they're engaged on our social media. They've got some interesting audiences. They've got, you know, a couple of thousand followers each. They're obviously active on Instagram. They've got good engagement. What 
I guess this is this a question you can't actually answer, but of course the the next follow up question, which I think is going to be on everybody's mind, is what's my budget here? What what should I pay these guys to to help me? Yeah, and my response is pitch twenty, right? Pitch twenty of them. If you can find more fifty, a hundred, just get pitch as many, negotiate as much as you can, right? And then they say. Because some of them will tell you $100, some of them will say $50, some of them will say $2,000. They're all over the place, these prices. You just have to negotiate and then use some negotiation skills, lay that out in a spreadsheet, kind of vet them on like those criterias we match, uh, we talked about before, and go from there. That's how you'd establish price from a niche to another niche. And yeah. if you're working with a fintech app, the price is going to be extremely different than a supplement app, uh, supplement brand than um, a, a fitness wear brand. So it, it's going to be all over the place every time. And it's that's really what you've got to take into consideration. Influencers that can talk well in front of the camera will naturally charge more, but they can be quite useful if you're looking to promote a supplement brand, but you don't care as much if you're looking to promote an active wear brand. So just go through that negotiation process, talk to as many as you can, and that's really how I'd approach it. And then you'll get a kind of, average and medium price and you're going to be okay this is what we're willing to pay and then you can you can take it from there great so you would go to your micro influencers you ask them what their costs are or what their price is some of them will are going to read somewhere that you want to say or whoever it is yeah. now charges five million dollars for a tweet or whatever they're <laughs> and think oh i can maybe charge 50 grand <laughs> you're just like yeah, no, yeah that's, that's a- not going to work <laughs> which is very very funny well, it's gonna happen it's gonna happen i tell you <laughs> it's crazy so when i'm when i'm uh i guess does the same let's assume uh i'm not a startup brand let's assume you know i'm, I'm turning over a million two million online we're, we're a pretty reasonable company um does the same strategy apply or should i be then thinking actually i can throw a bit more money at this and maybe get a bit more power behind it um which means in my head it has the potential to go wrong even quicker. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, how should I be thinking if I if I have maybe got a few a few? So uh, let, let's break it down like one mil to five mil kind of online brand USD. So you know in pounds it's a little lower, but essentially what we're looking at here is um, is essentially I I throw more money at it mm-hmm. in two ways: whitelisting kind of the influencer posts. Pardon me. If you if you collaborate with an influencer, you can tag it as a partnership and you can put paid media budget behind it. That's something that I'd start playing with in terms of paid media, putting that behind the influencer. That works for TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook, by the way. So you can mm-hmm. do it in these in these platforms. Um, and additionally, uh, I'd also try working with some bigger influencers that have some you know, uh, thought leadership in, in, in your space that could be worth exploring as well. You know, and still talking relatively small influencers, but hundred K to two fifty K might move the needle strongly for you. So I tried testing different kind of waters. Um, and yeah, that's essentially how I'd expand and just, you know, see where we can use it. And, you know, additionally, you can use the content in your paid media strategy. So if you have your, your, you're most likely doing paid media uh, quite a lot if you're in that sales range. Mm-hmm. So using that influencer generated content in your paid media can definitely unveil some interesting angles that you didn't think about. What's interesting there is, you know, let's say you're like, okay, we're going to target males 25, 34 that are into fitness, right? And then you can get these people to create content for you. And then you can say, okay, 
we want people from different ethnicities, right? And then we want to test different things. And then you can just go and create content with these kind of creators. And then you could say, okay, we're going to target mothers. And then we're going to go with 25 to, you know, 39 here. And we want to target these mothers. And you're going to get mother relevant content around these influencers. And let's say you're like, okay, we want to target grandmothers for the same, you know, multivitamin you talked about earlier. Then you can go, okay, let's go and target older people that are on Instagram and get them to create content around that. And then you, you can just add that to your paid media so that's how we see kind of our clients using micro influencers as a way to kind of decentralize our content creation and leverage it to to expand essentially to new audiences in their paid media so it becomes a good tool to kind of scale up your your paid media to new audiences that you didn't think you could reach before that sounds really interesting so i've you know let's say um uh the the brand vegetology comes to me i've got 13 thousand followers or whatever on instagram and are they sponsoring make... you is it no no, no i actually work with them uh hence the reason okay. they're on my okay. here okay. uh the, no, no. um so i'm, I'm just kind of thinking i i go to uh the influencer and they're going to create influencer generated content and i am i yeah. right in assuming that if the influencer is worth their salt they're going to be able to tell me what kind of content is going to be good for them to create yep, or do i exactly need to tell correct. them what i want yeah. But you might have to tell them as well, yeah. right? Just, just, it just depends on what you're looking to create. We have clients that come to us. They come to us with like a very specific storyboard. And that becomes really hard, right? And, you know, but in the case where you're like, hey, we just want to let them create what they think is best to resonate with their audience, then, you know, you 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 let them do their thing. But you have to make sure that you specify what you want so that and give them content examples. What I recommend doing is like, Go into the Facebook ads library, check out your competitors. What kind of ads are they running? Are they using UGC? Look at what their the content they've created in the past, the influencers' content they've created in the past. Build a kind of a mood board of like, hey, here are some content examples that we absolutely love. Please build something mm-hmm. along those lines. That's like mm-hmm. how we direct, we do our creative direction. Very good. And is there is there a diff- difference, for example, I mean, you mentioned earlier about getting the influencer to create video. Um, and so I'm assuming actually getting them to create video and tell stories on video is probably better than shooting, say, some images. Would that be right or would actually that be something worth testing? Yeah, I I definitely, you know, depending on your content needs, if you're like, hey, we need some kind of still images for our Instagram and our Amazon listing and our Facebook, whatever, like, you know, you then you can get people that shoot better images. But if you're looking to create video content, then... Because we've, I mean, we've learned that the hard way, right? But if an influencer doesn't have video content on their feed, they're most likely not good video content creators. That's that's just what's going to happen. So, yeah, check out for these things. And then, you know, some people are good at creating still images. And, yeah, uh, video is definitely better in my sense, many ways. But still images still work in ads for, for multiple reasons. So I would definitely mix it up and just just... Map out your content needs before kind of like shooting everywhere. Hey there, are you a business owner? Here at Orion Digital, we know firsthand that running an e-commerce business can be really hard work. As the online space gets more competitive, it is becoming even more challenging to stay ahead of the curve. We totally get it. So we want to help you succeed by offering a wide range of services from fulfillment, marketing, customer service, and even coaching and consulting, just so that you can do what matters most. Save yourself the time and the money and let us handle the day-to-day tasks. This way, you can run your business without having to worry about the boring stuff. So what do you say? Are we a good fit for each other? 
Come check us out at oriondigital.com and let us know what you think. Did you know that nutrition is one of the keys to maintaining the energy you need to drive your business forward? Vegetology creates incredible, unique supplements in an eco-friendly, ethical, and sustainable way that feed your body with the precise nutrients it needs. We're not just making you healthier, we're helping to protect our planet too. Our products are vegan-friendly and approved by the Vegan and Vegetarian Society. Plus, they're gluten-free so they fit perfectly into any lifestyle. They also contain no artificial colors or flavors, making them good for your taste buds too. You can feel good about your food choices with our healthy, natural supplements. We have something for everyone, whether you want to boost your immune system or just get more energy every day. And we're always working on new ingredients so that we can provide even better products in the future. So what are you waiting for? Get started now by heading over to vegetology.com. Maybe I'm, I'm, if I take a step back here and, and just sort of think yeah. bigger picture, why would I, as a brand, want to entertain the idea of a micro-influencer strategy? Why would I, why would I want to go down this road of, of, of trying to get 10, 20, 50 people to work with? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, to be fair, you're going to drive sales, right? And it can be a profitable sales channel depending on your product and kind of the resonance you're able to build. Um, and then after that, the other kind of plus values are you get content on a consistent basis. Give that to your social media manager or team or give that to your paid media manager or team. And just you can feed them consistently good content that they can just rehash, repurpose and boom, redistribute everywhere all the time. Um, that's one big asset. And then an another one is like pick their brains like you've got tons of people that spend too much time on social media and you can use them you yeah that's yeah i mean it's crazy and then you can just ask them like hey what what trends are are, are should we be aware of what are the products that you buy that you know you you just absolutely love that are doing social media well and then you can just ask them tons of questions uncover trends uncover kind of new products that you should be selling like, you know, what that veggie, veggie, veggie um, supplement you're talking about, right? Hey, yeah. what other supplements do you take, right? Let, let's ask these influencers that. Let's find out, you know, like, hey, what are you? What else are you taking? And, and interesting new products lines that we could be thinking about. Why are you taking them, right? And then, mm -hmm. you know, just ask questions, pick their brains and get that insight. And that's super powerful stuff from coming from people that um, spend a lot of time on social media. And you can learn the language they use when they're talking about it. Yeah, that's really interesting. Because I mean, the, I, I appreciate the obvious answer to that question would have been you're going to drive sales, right? This is the whole reason yeah. why we do all of these things. Yeah. But I like you get these little sort of side benefits, you can actually drill down, you can get them to explain to you what's working for them, what's why they do different things and, and, and understand the trends. I like that. So there's that whole research side of things as well. Um. I find the whole idea, um, if I'm honest with you, David, of the micro-influencer strategy, on one hand, I can see the benefit of, of it. On the other hand, I'm like, this feels like it could quickly get out of hand. Like, how am I going to manage, say, 20, 30 micro-influencers? Um, yeah, and that's that's why we have a business, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, exactly. I suppose, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
That's like what you described right there is kind of like the sweet spot entry point for like all the brands we work with is like, okay, we're managing this in house. This is breaking left and right. And we just need, you know, we need someone to help us manage this. And it's just like, because we haven't talked about the whitelisting permissions. We haven't talked about the back and forth, the why did you post when we told you to get it approved before you post kind of discussions to have with these influencers. And then, you know, there's, yeah, that's that's exactly where it gets out of hand. Yeah, typically people will have someone in the house to manage it. Um, mm-hmm. It's going to come to that point. And, or you can hire an agency or use a tool and whatever. There's so many ways to approach it. But it, it, scaling it is, is this is a firsthand, it's a, it's a human relationship. And it's with people that are not treating it as their full-time business. So yeah, with, so, with yeah. these things, with these things in mind, it's bound to break. Yeah, that's a very go in with your eyes wide open. Basically, it can be good, (laughs) but it's also going to cause you a little bit of pain and angst along the way, more than likely. Yeah, Um, it's not a paid media play where you just, you know, Facebook will gobble up your money and just give you tools to make it simpler and simpler. That's not the reality of these things. People, you know, we're we're thinking of putting a piece together at some point of just like common excuses, right? Because we we see them all across like the board, right? You know, how many excuses we get. And it's just like, what can you read this time? Um, You mentioned, uh, you've mentioned it a couple of times now. What do you mean when you say whitelist? Yeah. So it's uh, on Instagram, you have this feature where the, the the Instagrammer can, um, can market with a paid collaboration with XYZ brand. And then as a, as, as a company, uh, the promoter here, you can put paid media budget behind the influencer. So you can say, okay, we're going to run some sponsored, like it, it would just appear like an in feed sponsored post, but it's by the influencer and not by your brand. So that's what you can do. You can whitelist essentially the influencer's content. Okay. And is, are, are there are there benefits to doing that? I mean, it's just like you know, there's it's a it's a, there's better art engagement, more social mm-hmm. proofing. It's from the influencer side, so there's tons of benefits to it. The best thing to do is just test it and see where it lands for see your brand, and yeah, you know, you can you can target to people that know the influencer and so forth. So there's tons of things you can do that are very neat that can allow you to build up that social proofing. Yeah, I've seen it. I've seen actually more and more, as you mentioned it, I've seen more and more of those sort of posts on Instagram, the sort of paid partnership promotion type. Yep. Posts. Um, it's becoming more and more popular, isn't it? I, 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 I was always intrigued by how that how that would actually work. So um, let's say I, I've sort of I've gotten over the headache idea and I'm, I'm willing to give it a shot, you know, and, and uh, work at this. Realistically, what sort of time frame should I be looking at? So, you know, is this something that I can try today and make a decision tomorrow whether this is going to work for me? Or or do I need to go, you know what, I'm going to try this today. I need to let this run for at least three or four months and then yeah. make a decision. You know, what's the sort of time frame? Uh, I'd give it three months. I think that's like the the, the scale you're going to be wanting to operate this on. Um, lower than that, you're not going to get enough content. You might... If you, I mean, if you hit a successful content piece or whatnot, then you're going to be like, wow, this thing works. But in one month, you might not, right? You might need mm. to tone it down, tone it up, change, change the targeting and so forth. Three months is a good period. I'd, I'd, I'd turn it to like orchestrate 20 collaborations, right? That's what I do to give it a fair shot. And mm. from there, you know, take a decision. So, Okay. 
Can I, do you mind if I ask you like a few real simple practical questions? Like, yeah, sure thing. Um, do you get the influencers to sign a contract? Yep, we do. So we typically ask for copyrights. Um, you know, we give posting guidelines. Um, they, a lot of the time, don't read the contract, so it seems, because they'll post before it gets approved. <laughs> but it, yeah, yeah. And it just, it just happens that it gives us, it gives us, you know, it just gives us, uh, to be frank, like we get them to sign a contract just because it, it, it gives us some legal ground down the line. We haven't had to use it. We've sent a couple cease and desist letter, uh, not cease and desist, but what do you call it? Mise en demeure. I don't know the words in English for that, but where it's like, hey, you know, you've prom promised us you would post and you didn't post. So, you know, mm -hmm. you have to post or else we'll take legal action. But mm -hmm. yeah. So do you... Um... You get them to sign a contract, and that's that's actually wise. I think even if it's just me going to some of my clients, uh, you know, I've just started out. I'm not going to use an agency, but I'm gonna, I'm just going to go and get a few people, micro influencers, to to start promoting my brand. To have some kind of contract to to me makes a lot of sense, which is clear in terms of expectations and payment structures. Do you? I guess another practical question then is: Do you typically pay the micro influencer up front? Do you pay them on completion? How does that work? We pay on completion. Um, we're an agency, so that makes it easier in many ways because we have ongoing kind of like relationships with a lot of them. But usually they'll be fine with that, uh, you know, or you can pay them as soon as you've approved the content before they post. And that can be a good battleground too. But I wouldn't pay anything before you have the final content ready to be posted at the mm -hmm. very least. Fantastic. And I suppose... Um... If I'm, I've gone through all of this whole process and, and, you know, I've chosen 50 we've started working with. Is the idea that out of that 50, we find maybe, I don't know, five of them, actually, those guys are really good. Let's use them again. And do you keep using them for your brand? Or does that content get dry pretty quickly? And the idea is you use a micro influencer for a micro time, I suppose, rather than a, you know, a continual basis. Re reuse your influencers reuse your influencers that's that's the best thing you can do um their con their, their knowledge the product is going to get better their audience is going to be exposed to your product multiple times you know there's tons of benefits to that and you know that they're easy to work with kind of like you know as an agency owner we we hire contractors right and if you're a good contractor well you know we want to rework with you and if you're not a good contractor then we don't want to work with you anymore. Kind of think of it that way in terms of these influencers. If they're creating good content, they're easy to work with. They generate revenues and whatnot. Recollaborate with them. There's no reason not to. And you know, we've got we've got influencers that are on retainers, right? It's like okay, we'll pay you X amount per month, and you know, just do two or three posts, two or three store, whatever, and then um, you know, sign up and say yes, and we'll pay you every month to do that. Fantastic. And is it a case of um, that obviously you, you build up this relationship with them and they build and they they grow with the brand? Is it as is it just as black and white as I will pay you an agreed rate per post and we're just going to keep on doing that? Or do you find their success in going to an, a micro influence and saying, "Listen, we're not going to pay you, but uh, we will pay you for success, like a, an affiliate link or that type of thing. Yeah, I see what that I, quite a bit. What I recommend there is just like at least show some some kind of like, hey, look, we're ready to give you, you know, whatever it be, $50, right? We're, mm -hmm. we're ready to give you $50 plus performance. I, 
it's very hard to sell on a hundred percent affiliate because everyone is always looking for a hundred percent affiliate deals kind mm. of thing. So just put a little bit of skin in the game and it's going to help you open those doors of affiliates. And yeah, that's how I'd approach it. Unless you're a very established brand, right? If you're, if you're an established brand website gets 2 million plus hits a month, right? You know, you're, you're big. Then, then of course you can do a hundred percent affiliate. I mean, mm they're, they're going to be quite happy to just receive free product for you because they know you. But if you're a smaller yeah. brand, definitely recommend going down that route of like, Hey, here's $50. We'll send you some product and we'll give you a commission if this closes. And if they drive sales and you're like, Hey, you're going to get, you know, 10, 15% commission and they drive for $500 worth of sale and they get an extra $75. And then it's like, Hey, you want to repost, you know, whatnot. And mm. yeah. Fantastic. Listen, uh, David, I feel like, um, I've just scratched the surface and one question leads to 10 more in my head, but I'm aware of time. <laughs> and um, I, I feel like we could, I, I say this all the time to guess I, 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 we could keep going. Um, but how do people reach you? How do they connect with you if they want to connect more um, or have questions? How, how can people get getting? Yeah. Contact? So they, they can send me an email to David at inbeat.agency book a call directly on inbeat. That's I-N-B-E-A-T dot agency. And yeah, we can just chat through and see how we we can help. And I know we referenced that agreement. Um, we have an agreement template on our, uh, I can send it to you afterwards in terms, in, uh, so you can add it in the show notes. That's on. Oh, that'd NB. be great. Co. Yeah, yeah, I'll yeah, do yeah. that. And then Fantastic. it's pretty straightforward. There's not too much in it. It's not mm. legal advice, of course, but uh, it gives you a good baseline to mm. um, what you can use there. No, much appreciated. Yeah, we'll put that in the show notes. And like like David says, it is not legal advice. Please do not take it as <laughs> it is not. We are not lawyers. <laughs> exactly. I think that I lawyers. think that's enough. Get out clauses right there. Um, <laughs> David, listen. Uh, just quickly, um, why don't you just let the folks know what you do at Inbeat Agency? Uh, what sort of things you do there? If people are, are interested, maybe in you know they they're a bit got a bit more cash and they're yeah. looking at going down an agency route. We, we help brands scale their micro-influencer program. That's essentially uh, what we do in a nutshell um, for any direct-to-consumer brands. Mostly that's our client base and that's what we do. So um, we help them make it a sustainable sales channel. We help them gather the content, uh, the right content. We coordinate with their paid media team and so forth and make sure that we we get the best output possible out of there. That's essentially our kind of the gist of our whole offering fantastic and is there like a specific um size of business that you work well with like the ones 10 million or 10 million plus or yeah 10 million plus is really where we're putting a lot of focus in our efforts um but mm. we do work with smaller brands as well i feel that it's very different to work with both types of brand um 10 mm. million and above is is a different ball game but yeah we've we've yeah, we work with and at least you know two million in revenue is probably what where we start from beyond below that we don't seem to have um as much of what we need to make it successful fantastic listen david appreciate you being on the show no doubt we will have you back on again at some point in the future as this will no doubt change and evolve and you seem to be the man to talk to about it uh so really appreciate your time thanks for well, thanks I, for being I with us yeah, appreciate the invitation and for sure. If you if you want to have another conversation, I'm available. This is great. Fantastic. Thanks, David. Thank you. There we go. How was that? Yeah. Was that all right? 
Yeah, that was great. That was great. Fantastic. Thanks for doing that. And sorry again for the. Oh, no worries. Yeah, it's not like uh, it's not like I was waiting. Uh, I, I I didn't have any work to do. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very good. Very good. So if you're a, an if you're a company, I do a lot of coaching, David, and so people are just going to ask me this. So it's just good to have ideas in my head. If I'm an, if I'm a, I tend to coach companies in the sort of one to 10 million range. That's my sort of sweet spot. Um, what sort of budget would you, would, would they need to have to use, to use an agency if they were going to get the best out of it? Do they need like a five grand a month budget, a 10 grand a month? What sort of? Yeah, we pilot, we pilot campaigns typically like on a 15 grand on a three month period. So that's really where we land in terms of like, if you're like, Hey, we want to give this a run, let's do it. And that's typically where we follow bigger campaigns that we run. We'll fall in that 50 to a hundred thousand range. And yeah, that's about, but that 1 million, 10 million range is really what your, yeah, $15,000 pilot. And then, um, that's how we started. Then we kind of transition into kind of longer agreement and so forth. That's how we roll. Yeah. Fantastic. And didn't you mention something about a database that you developed or are developing? So we have uh, inbeat.co, which is a software product um, to find influencers. If you know you need influencers with their email addresses, that can be quite useful to your customer base uh, if they're looking to do it themselves. And we're platformizing it, that meaning that we're creating a platform where you fill out a content brief. You're like, hey, we need influencers like this, 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 this. And then we match you with influencers that are already work ready to work with you. They're vetted by us. So, you know, they're not going to drop and so forth. And that's going to be, that's going to be out in Q1 of next year. Fantastic. Well, listen, when it's, when it is out, um, I, oh, yeah. drop me a line and we'll have you back on the show. Even if we just do like, um, if we've got a chance, we'll do a whole show. If we haven't, um, even if we just do like a quick five minute promo or something, we yeah. can put it in one of the shows and just let people know that it's out there. That's that's perfect. Does that work? Yep, that works great. Thank you very much. No worries. Great, All right, bud. Have a good day. Appreciate it. You too. Enjoy the rest of your day. Bye. Thanks, mate. Bye now. Well, a huge thanks again to my very special guest, David, all the way from Canada. And one more time, all the all the cheering for the Canadians. Sadaf, this is for you. <laughs> so, in a world where every niche and subset has an equal competitor, how do you drive sales? Well, David told us, doesn't he? Using micro-influencers. Now, I know a lot of people are quite skeptical about the power of micro-influencers and even confused about it on quite a huge scale. So I know that David has helped you understand how it works and how it's gonna help you grow your business. So massive thanks to David. Of course, you can connect with David, you can get all of his links, all of the notes and transcript from today's show at ecommercepodcast.net forward slash 84. It's totally free, you don't need any emails or any of that sort of stuff. Just head on over, have a look. And if this week has not been enough for you, Next week, I have another fab guest, Andrew Morgans. You're going to love Andrew. He's such a cool dude. I really enjoyed this conversation with uh, Andrew as we get to talk about five steps for successful Amazon. Let me start that again. Five steps for successful Amazon branding. Here's an excerpt from next week's conversation. Brands will have amazing like social media content or lifestyle images and be like, these photos are beautiful. Let's put them up on Amazon. 
And if the photo, you know, a lot of a lot of searches happen on the mobile device. Um, mm -hmm. People aren't reading the content, even if the search algorithm is. Um, and they're saying, what are these photos telling me? And if the photo is not in one word, in one sentence, in one read, telling you exactly what the customer needs to get out of that photo, it's not doing its job. And so many times brands have these beautiful lifestyle photos or 18 different versions of the box, pictures of the box, uh, you know, and it's not calling out any value. Well, I'm looking forward to this one. Like I said, Andrew is such a top bloke. You're not going to want to miss it. Uh, so if you've enjoyed this week, if you're looking forward to next week, make sure you are subscribed to the show. And if you're enjoying what we're doing, I would totally appreciate it if you could rate us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and even share out what we do so we can connect with more folks from around the world. Yes. Now, as I said at the start, and as I've said uh, a few moments ago, all of the notes, links and transcripts are, today, are available for today's show online for free at ecommercepodcast.net forward slash 84. All that's left for me to say is a huge thanks for listening. Uh, come back, like I say, next week because Andrew is going to be amazing. You're not going to want to miss it. Uh, so yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I hope you are too. So that's it from me. Bye for now. You've been listening to the e-commerce podcast with Matt Edmondson. Join us next time for more interviews, tips and tools for building your business online.